0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 480 on Tuesday, the 28th of June, 2022.
1: Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where we're all trying to work out how far we could get in 39 seconds, we'll be looking at how there has been no fanfare for the pausing of legislation, unlike its launch. We'll be learning how old is the new new for a couple of companies. And we ask if Britain can be so hot as to wheel off with the prize yet again. But first, we do actually have some follow-up this week. We have quite a bit of follow-up. We do. And the first is connected with Ford. And the Tarlowee plant that's in Germany looks like it's probably going to be axed. We mentioned this three weeks ago when Ford talked about how they were weighing up the pros and cons of investing in this plant or investing elsewhere for EV stuff. Well, they've declared they're investing in Valencia, and it looks like the Focus production is going to end in 2025 of the current generation. There doesn't appear to be an idea to carry it on after, so SUVs only
0: probably. Possibly, or some new electric model, which won't be called Focus. Yeah. E-Focus. focus <laughs> Focusy. Focus-y. <laughs> let's Let's follow that. Yeah, no, it's it's Ford, so it'll be E at the start, like E-Transit. Yeah. It'll be E-Focus.
1: Yep, so it doesn't look good for the German plant. Great news for Valencia, though, because they are plowing a, a lot of money into that.
0: Do you, do you think they're going to have a Fiesta plant in Valencia?
1: Oh, dear. Oh, Shh. Thank you. I'll be here. I will be, yeah, I will be You here won't all be week. here all week. <laughs> 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 right. Do you want to take us to the next bit of follow up? And again, this is not good news.
0: No, uh no, it is it is follow up of gloom, really, uh, I'm afraid. I remember we spoke a few weeks ago at the private parking code of practice and how it was going to knock some of the more dubious practices of the parking enforcement companies on the head for the time being, well, some of them have decided that they're not sure that it's legal. They hope it's not. <laughs> well, they're hoping. Well, they're, they're making legal challenges anyway to the code of practice because, hey, why would they want to be on the side of the consumer, to be perfectly honest? No. It has been temporarily withdrawn, unfortunately, according to the RAC website. It's not great, but hopefully this will have been this will be squashed and it will be put back into place again.
1: Yeah, hopefully so. But I think the quote from the RAC article is very telling. It says, the fact that parking companies take issue mm. with the capping of charge notice and debt recovery fees shows precisely why both the code and the cap are needed. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Well, like we say, fingers crossed with that one. Mm. Right, on a slightly more positive, because this requires people to make a step, But we did talk, was it last week or the week before, about HMRC? I think it was just last week. Although that
0: seems like an awfully long time ago. Yes,
1: (laughs) it could be. It could be last week or it could be last year. I don't know at the moment. That's how bad it's getting. But we talked about how HMRC have increased the allowance for petrol and diesel drivers, but done nothing for electric vehicle drivers, even though energy prices have gone up, shall we say, Quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Two of the largest uh, fleet industry organisations in the UK are asking their members to submit details about how the expenses have gone up to HMRC. Because there is to be a review of this for September and there will be a new new set of guidelines when it comes to the amount that can be given to company car drivers. I think it is September is the next one, uh, but I, I know it's another time this year. It's to show HMRC actually company car drivers are now paying to do their work in a car to travel because of the cost of charging particularly mm-hmm. public charging and particularly those who need to do rapid public charging which will yeah. be anybody who you know needs to be on the road as much as possible so if you are somebody who runs a fleet or in a fleet or know someone who is then click on the link in the show notes and that information on who you need to speak to what information they're after and all the rest of it thanks to uh, Alex Grant in the Autocar article that'll all be there and you can then pass that, you know, you can make sure that the right info gets to HMRC and EV drivers are not stitched up by this. Yes, absolutely. Right. I think it's
0: new news now. It is new news and it's, it's a promise. It does brighten up in a little while, um, but there's new, <laughs> a new piece of uh, law reform comes into place. Uh, relatively soon and that is that drivers who who kill while specifically whilst under the influence of drink or drugs could be handed a life sentence as part of the charges uh the coming into force this week Mm -hmm. this is a piece of legislation that was first announced in 2017 but it does actually come into account today tuesday the 28th of june by the time you're listening to this it will already be current there is another offense by the way which will be causing serious injury by careless driving and the intention of that offense is it means that those who inflict long-term or permanent injuries could also face tougher sentences. Yep. I don't know. I don't know how often this will be used because it's we.
1: It's a strange one. For me, there's talk in this uh, BBC News article, there's talk about how they hope that careless and dangerous drivers will see this as a deterrent and i don't believe that will be the case because if somebody's gonna be stupid I, I enough to drive so. that badly yeah. or under the influence of drink or drugs they'll do it anyway
0: what i do believe i think this is overall probably a good thing
1: yeah yeah i'm not i'm not dissing it but uh,
0: absolutely i just want to clarify that i'm not dissing it i yeah. just
1: i'm not quite sure of the what i believe it will do is it will if someone gets a life sentence. Mm. it will give the family who are affected or the people who are affected from this a sense of justice. Because up yes, to now, okay. mm-hmm. so often, someone gets killed by a drunk driver or something like that, and people go, well, what, they've got three years? Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Or, or they've nice got a 12-month yeah. ban on the drive. I think this gives the those who are on the other side of what's happened a sense of well at least something has has occurred to this person for their their wrongdoing mm-hmm. and that's a good, that, that is a good thing don't get me wrong i think that is yeah. a good
0: thing yeah 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 no i think that is a, i think that is a good thing and that's a that's yeah i hadn't really considered that i just i saw it i thought okay well what's the what will the practical upshot be and and, and that seems like yeah, a pretty I, I don't believe it's a pretty a compelling
1: one that but i believe the effect for people impacted by it will be a positive. Right, I'm going to take us on to Bradford and Bad they- luck. Yes. I what know. if we don't want to go? <laughs> well, uh, if you do want to go there from the 22nd of or oh, 26th of September this year, you will need to know that there will be a clean air zone in place. And it is a C plus clean air zone, which means that they are targeting HGVs, coaches, buses, light goods, vehicles, minibuses, hackney carriages, and private hire vehicles. That is to say they are not focusing on passenger cars and motorbikes that are privately owned. So this is one of those like stage one clean air zones that have been implemented across several of the uh, cities and towns in the UK. I think it's a, a good step. They are quite a large area, though, because it's inside the Bradford Outer Ring Road, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll also go along the Air Valley Corridor, which goes on to include uh, Shipley and Salter. Okay, It's quite a large area, but it is such an intense urban area with so much traffic that I'm not surprised they're trying to do something to help. No, there, there aren't many routes around that way,
0: really. Yeah. That That's part of the challenge, and it's. it, so-
1: but this seems to have been handled in a sympathetic way where it's not mm-hmm. just attacks. It's not and Bath, it- you mean.
0: That's what yeah. you mean. Is it? No, not no, Bath, Bath wasn't too Oxford. bad.
1: It's not Bristol. Oh,
0: Bristol. Bristol, Bristol me, or Oxford. Bristol. I meant to say Bristol. That was... Bristol or Oxford. Yeah, Bristol they're or the Oxford. <laughs>
1: they're, they're the poster child for how not to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, do you want to take us to something, well, old, old is new, new. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it's new old <laughs> car news, really, isn't it? And some of them aren't even old cars, they're just cars that have never existed. It's, it's a little bit of a strange one, this. So Lotus have announced this week that
1: they're going to build modern versions of never-launched classic cars. I, it's, it's point, point of order, sir. Can it be classic if it's never been launched? I don't know.
0: I don't know either, but the designs are classic. Well, okay. the inspiration is classic. Okay. Okay. How, how does that sound?
1: I'm, I'm going with it because it's an old Lotus, so I don't care. Exactly, I'm, I'm happy. Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: So Lotus Advanced Performance are going to use drawings from the 1960s and 1970s as the basis for some new bespoke limited run creations. The idea is that these are going to be built and sold separately from Lotus's core production models. And they're also going to, as a something extra special not just special but extra special alongside they've been inspired i think in part by some of these sort of recreation companies uh like singer where they they sort of do something which kind of almost is period but also has modern bits
1: yeah because they are resto mod stuff they're talking about
0: yeah it's essentially they're building resto mods but they're just mods they're just or they're just they're not even resto and they're not completely modern sort of amalgamating the two which i think's cool but i really like that because i have issue with all the porsche 964s being cut up and made into <laughs> another multi-billion singer thing because that's the model that i keep getting closest to being able to buy these days ah, okay. and um and then all of a sudden the prices shoot up because every tom dick and harry is making them look like a 1970s rs with played seats and nasty steering wheels
1: and you know, not washing their hair. Okay, well, but think about something nice like a resto mod, Mark 1 Elan. I think that would be lovely. You see, but but you're not cutting up. No,
0: no, I agree. I agree. An original Elan to do it. No, no, this and, is the building still be, those
1: the building it fresh,
0: which I think is great. I, yeah. I so
1: I really like the, these ideas. I'm not surprised by this move because Simon yeah. uh, Lane, who was was at Aston Martin. Uh, in charge of their queue department, and don't forget there was that I thought rather excellent Grand Tour episode mm-hmm. where Clarkson was in that Aston Martin that had been was res- it DB4 gently G- resto modded, where they'd put in better brakes and a bigger, a slightly bigger engine, and mm-hmm. or more output on the engine and stuff like that. Although they didn't give him things like fresh air, <laughs> and stuff, things like that. But I, I mean, I, I only remember that because I was watching it recently, but. I'm not surprised considering he was in charge of that sort of thing as well that they're doing. And the point that they made on the show, the profits for a company for quite a narrow, small bit of marketing can be quite high. And then the the profits on the back of that are are, are quite high. And plus, if you get that down pat, you're giving somebody a bespoke product Mm -hmm. because there's like 12 of them.
0: Exactly. Well, Lotus uh, Lotus Advanced forms say that they'll maintain an exclusive billing by building fewer cars than you would expect, quote-unquote. Although Simon Lane didn't indicate how rare the creations would be or how much they would
1: cost. But if Lotus need us to test each and every one of these Resto Mods, it's not a problem. We are happy to, to make that sacrifice for them and help them out.
0: Yes, yes. Well, I can do, you know, hot and cold weather testing. You could
1: do the left-hand drive.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, so on a similar vein, Bentley is going to build 12 examples of its uh, Le, Mans, Le Mans winning Speed 6. The Speed 6 won Le Mans in 1929-1930. Uh, each of the 12 are based on two different cars. There is Bentley's own heritage collection one for the sort of driving and handling performance. And then there is another separate one uh, which will be used for some of the engineering bits and pieces.
1: That was the one that w- that actually raced in 1930. It the was moment.
0: the one that actually raced. Sorry, yeah. I missed that bit. Yeah, so it was the one that actually raced uh, as well as the Bentley Bentley's own heritage collection one. Yep. Uh, there'll be reverse engineering, building full 3D CAD models, based on both the original blueprints and the measurements they have to take off the cars, because, of course, the blueprints
1: probably aren't perfect. Again, going back to that Grand Tour, it sounds a lot yeah. like the one that Hammond had with the Jaguar, apart from not You've sawing not. an engine in half. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> mm,
0: it, it's really cool. Twelve of them going to be built. They're all already sold.
1: Only for one and a half million. It's cheaper. To- yes. Cheaper it's, do you know what? It's actually not that bad. I, I think that's actually quite a cheap price considering how much they will sell on for.
0: Well, yeah, but you've got to wait, for, you know, you'll have to wait a few years for this to come through. But I actually think one and a half million for that, given the price of classic cars today, it doesn't seem so bad. There
1: is a lot of heritage with those models. Mm-hmm. You are buying not just the car, aren't you? You're buying the history and all the rest of it. So that's, that, I think yeah. that's,
0: yeah. I mean, I mentioned uh, that I sat in the blower Bentley last week, didn't I? Yes. Yes, I did, I
1: did. No, I still hate you for it. Quite something. Quite something. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to move us on to something much more modern, Uh, and this Mm. is the news that the Toyota BZ4X uh, has had a recall issued even before they're in dealer showrooms because there is the risk of the wheels or the wheel nuts coming loose under... Heavy braking. Toyota have passed out this message to uh, to all their vehicles going out there. They're trying to work out exactly what the issue is before they issue the the actual fix notice as well. This also affects the Subaru Solterra because they're very close to you know similar. They're the bit. same. <clears throat> there's, a, there's, a, there's a partnership deal. Don't forget. They're on the this. same. <laughs> So that's happened. But I noticed there was a little bit of glee from some people about, oh, look, what's happening to Toyota's first. And I thought, hang on. Toyota
0: issuing a recall before any actual incidents have been reported. Well,
1: yeah. yeah, But not only that, before any customers actually got hold of the car. So I don't know how much safer they could be. Yes. Should we
0: talk lower front wishbones? No, don't do that. Because no, that would be cruel on some companies. Exactly. <laughs> things which snap left, right, and centre, but you yeah. never know. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, it's great that they've established this now, and they have stepped in. Obviously, <laughs> suboptimal that there was a problem in the first place. Hmm. It's before anybody in the public, any public, have got their hands on them. Yeah, exactly. And then you exactly how many there
0: were, where they were meant to go, and all these kind of things. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right, you want to take us into London? Unfortunately. Not particularly, but uh, um, a few
0: weeks ago, we talked uh, about uh, the fact that local authorities were going to be given the ability to fine drivers for a number of different offences. Well, one of them is about to come into force in London, and that's that motorists caught driving in cycle lanes. Specifically, cycle lanes that are managed by TFL may well be caught using CCTV cameras. They're going to be doing it in key locations, and the idea is to is to deter drivers uh, from driving in the cycle lanes, funnily enough. Strictly speaking, if a cycle lane is divided from the, from the roadway by a solid white line... Then your cars, trucks, whatever, well, basically nothing but a but a rental e-scooter and a pedal cycle, are actually are allowed to use those cycle lanes.
1: Yeah, they're they're initially starting out with the f- in the first six months that they'll send a warning to mm. anyone they deem to have contravened that the white line. But the fine will be a uh, penalty charge notice of £160, which is halved if you pay it within uh, 14 days. By the way, the six months is for first-time offenders. Yes, sorry, so for, that you're aware, first-time yeah. offenders, yes. That 160 it looks like we're going to have to get the parking limit <laughs> involved yes. at this rate. But the, to be fair, this is to do with people's safeties, and obviously you should not have a car going in what should be a safe zone for a cycle or scooter. Exactly. Right, I think that's the end of the first part, On um, It is.
0: It's Guilt Minute. The quick break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel the Motoring Podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and spring store, from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash, and we completely understand, especially at the moment, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released, and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, so thanks very much, then the last thing you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Thank you all that do, because we know you do. Uh, Motorsport.
1: Yes, WRC. Safari Rally. The toughest rally... On the calendar proved to be more so than last year. Toughest calendar in the world. Oh, just shocking how hard it was this year. But not if you owned a Toyota, because Toyota ended up one, two, three, and four. And they did that in 1993 also. But that is an amazing, amazing result for Toyota. Now, the order of that, though, you may not be expecting. So, Pera was first, so you probably expected that. Evans was second. Now, that's where it starts to get a little bit. Then mm-hmm. we say congratulations to Kat Suter, because he came in third. And don't forget, in the last rally, he missed out by a second, second and a half mm-hmm. on the podium. And then fourth yep. was Ogier. I feel a little bit vindicated in questioning whether Ogier and Loeb would really register at all in this rally and it turned out through misfortune and how hard safari rally is they mm-hmm. didn't that much nouvelle was the best of the rest and he was fifth but it was a rally to not just forget but just bury and never mention again for hyundai and M Sport. awful for them awful
0: yeah it seemed it seemed pretty
1: grim just lots of challenges with just Dust, just everything, dust, really. dust, 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 mud, just, it was so hard. I saw some commentators say, yeah, but that's what World Rally should be. Rally, World Rally should be this hard in every single event. I don't think the drivers agree with that, and probably not the engineers. <laughs>
0: you can't do that in every single event. I think every event has to be a bit different. And sure, there can be some that are a little bit less I think they Man, all bring as long as they give a good spectacle and the
1: right type of spectacle. Mm. Well, because I, I think at the moment they've got a nice mix, haven't they, of tarmac, gravel, snow, and ice? Exactly, this, and which is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But that's one of the things that's really
0: interesting about uh, about WRC and about rallying, though, is that there is you know you've got the same people, essentially the same cars, sure, different setups but they've got to tackle all these different types of types of event types of surface types of weather it's not just like oh we can't drive around in uh, we we can't drive around in circles today it's been a bit wet
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah i mean a lot of the problems that the the drivers had were mechanical failures which has been has not been the case so much i mean okay there's been odd issues with the hybrid but this, this was things like Tannock retired twice. I mean, his Hambra, his gear lever snapped off on the first day, the first morning, his gear lever snapped. You cannot blame that on it being a hybrid. No, Loeb, uh, he had there was an O ring failed, and then there was a small engine fire. You know, as well as he hit things, the margins for error on the Safari Rally are so much smaller than everywhere else because you've got how much. The car is battered on top of, if Mm. I make a mistake, it's probably rally ending mistake. It's not, oh, I got away with that, usually. I mean, there was a few of those early on. And it has to be mentioned as well that Gus Greensmith, because you will probably have seen the videos of him getting Mm. out of his car and then turning around and having a go at people filming, the people filming were the stewards of the course. Yeah, the marshals. And they'd left him in there, hanging there for three minutes while they filmed. Yeah. They completely didn't do their job, as they should have done, to go in and rescue that team, put the car back on its wheels, whatever it is that needed to be done. Mm. And I think he is remarkably restrained in his reaction that we have seen, because I would yes. have been absolutely apoplectic If I'd been left with people filming with a camera. Yeah, absolutely. There is no excuse for that at all. And that is a big, big naughty mark as far as Safari Rally. And I I know FIA have said that that is a big no-no and that will be addressed. But in the show notes, we will have uh, the uh, usual what we learned Uh, And we'll also have the driver's scores, although this time it is actually from Alistair Lindsay, not from Colin. You can uh, click through on the links there and see whether you agree with them. All of these obviously are from Dirtfish, as ever the place we go to to get our WRC coverage. Mm -hmm. Yes, because it's awfully good. It is very good. Consistently awesome. Talking of good, Alan... Well, yes,
0: this weekend was good wood. <laughs> Hi there, pop pickers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that was, that was painful. That hurt, actually. Uh, so we're going to mess around with the second part of the show. Uh, we're going to have all the all the usual stuff there. It's just all going to have a good wood theme. Because, hey, we don't often hop on a bandwagon, so we're just going to do it this week.
1: Well, it was a particularly good good bandwagon to hop on to be fair yes
0: it was there are
1: lots and lots
0: of links in the show notes the show notes can be found at motoringpodcast.com the hub of all our uh, whatever uh the <laughs> you can take this local radio dj business to- to- far too far too far can't you lots and lots of links to all of these things uh in our show notes obviously there's full reports and gary from autocar which runs through most stuff, pretty much uh, everything there. So, that's if you want to actually get an idea of what happened in its entirety, uh, see some awesome pictures, then that is a, a very
1: good place to start. We're also linking through to Goodwood Road and Racing's own uh, webpage <laughs> for the Festival of Speed, which has tons of videos. Tons of stuff that may not have come across on the live stream and everything. They've got little yeah. snippets. So if you're particularly interested in seeing Nigel Mansell on the balcony being interviewed, which was brilliant, then that's a particular video you can get hold Good. of and just watch that. There's all sorts of stuff on that. We've also got Evo's coverage, which I would thoroughly recommend that you click through on. When you click through on it, go to the uh, the first picture and click on the gallery symbol and you go through 52 um, photographs, and there are yeah, some. They have some st- of the best photos, stunning yeah. photographs in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Alan said, the Autocar coverage is more rounded and goes into more detail with particular cars. Could have seen there, so it goes into the stuff that wasn't perhaps all the super sexy stuff that did like the top ten shootouts and all that sort of thing. So that is in there. Another link that will be in there from Autocar is the stars of the uh, car park. Mm-hmm. There's a slideshow of 31 photographs. Again, some awesome, lovely-looking cars in there. And that's just the car parking. You don't even need a ticket to get that far. Yes, (laughs) in there. But we thought we would actually mention a couple of cars or vehicles in particular because they stood out, shall we say, a bit more than the others. Yes, or everyone was shouting about them very, very loudly indeed. Yes, I I think we need to really pay homage to the ford pro electric supervan yes that looked great it looked awesome and it really i mean it sounded a good
0: too yes it really did sound good i mean it's really when you look at the details it doesn't really resemble the van too much but definitely in silhouette
1: it's like a slightly more aero version of the van i love that they had the buttresses from the gt
0: yeah, it that just there were loads, and loads of different references so on it. I loved the headlamps on the front, the front, the yeah. headlamps and the grill. Well,
1: you know, great. I slag off the whole one strip across LED mm-hmm. thing. On this, it looked perfect because the headlights are so narrow, and, and I just think it looked. It just it came across as we are the future now. Yes in the design because i recognized that it was a transit i could see it was a transit in essence but there were so many elements of it that it was just like oh yes yes i like that the air intakes there i like what you've done underneath with the grill i, I love the the buttresses just, just i'll happily just take photographs of the buttresses forever. just incredibly cool <laughs> and 2000 horsepower
0: <laughs> but it sounded great too. Oh. Uh, I like the one other th- one of the comments in here is that uh, the its yes, packaging wasn't seen as too much of an issue. <laughs> but it is, but it is based on the the chassis uh, of the the new E Transit as well. So actually, some of the underpinnings are actually there is more than just a passing relationship between certain parts of its of its drivetrain and the real thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is as much as it is a project to jump up and down and scream about. There are mm. real-world grounding elements to it. I, d- I don't mean that as yeah. a pun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> move
0: on. Yeah, move okay. On.
1: Well, let's let's move on. Unfortunately, move on.
0: This was really polarizing, and that's the BMW M3 Touring. People either were in raptures over it. Or they were complaining about those back doors meeting those rear wheel arches.
1: Were they in rapture, or were they in rapture with that car, or were they in rapture with the idea? Because we've wanted different. One, I think we?
0: lots of people were in rapture with the idea, and some of them were in rapture with the idea, but then didn't like the execution. No. especially those back doors. That uh, I say it's this particularly almost
1: messy almost every time that the current design language of bmw is mentioned the front grille a car crash though that is is the least of the worries with the current design yes. of bmw's i i can't stand the front grille, but there's so much else to dislike about bmw design and the other thing i have to say with this if this wasn't in purple i think it is so bland but all the german
0: but the, don't but go say the Audi isn't because the has, Audi is the Audi is just but
1: the rs4 dull. has you know it looks purposeful it? and all the rest of it this just looks like oh we've slapped Doesn't on it? It bits like- together from completely different cars
0: I, I can't disagree with the second part i i do disagree with your comments on the od because i don't think it's very
1: interesting either i'm not saying it's interesting but it has more purpose considering it's meant mm. to be the rocket ship of that model it just
0: looks... Oh. And it probably will. It's actually cheaper than the X3M SUV. In fact, it's £10,000 cheaper.
1: Well, yeah, you're about four foot lower. So less you are. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, it, and it's
0: an X-Drive as well, by the way. It's only available on X-Drive. Yeah. Um, which isn't a surprise, given that that's the main seller. I, mean,
1: I think what, what's really disappointed me is we've wanted one of these for years and years. And they bring us one, and you go... Oh that so, That's awful. But it'll sell like hotcakes. It goes like stink, obviously. It's just a shame what it's wrapped in. Hmm. It ain't ain't the prettiest anymore. No, but talking of attractive estates. Yes. Is this far more your style? This is definitely my style. (laughs) Oh, wow. The Travis Pastrana Subaru Family Huckster. I had my children saying, Daddy, we need one of those. <laughs> when they saw it, I said, yes. well, I'm not sure I could get one that like flips up the flaps every time I hit the brakes. And I don't think your mum's going to be too impressed the way that the nose dips when you hit the brakes quite so hard. But I love the look of this. And the, it does the idea is insanely brilliant. <laughs> and how much if you watch travis inside his car how much he enjoys driving at the end of every run he is so animated obviously he's got the gopros and everything inside so he's talking to them but he's so animated and so happy and so positive but this is just thank you subaru us and hoonigan i i want to take that and love it and look after it forever it's brilliant do you, do you know what one of my favorite
0: parts is uh, and that's the dashboard oh yeah because the dashboard they scanned and have essentially recreated in carbon fiber the correct dashboard with all its little fussy bits and everything and there's a 12 inch digital dash in it instrument binnacle mm-hmm. which is a recreation in the style of the digital dash that you would have found in the correct one with the sort of silly graph, you know, top down graphics showing where the doors are open and the boots open and that kind of stuff. I just think that's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. If you click through on the link in, um, that's in the article, uh, for motion research, you will see the original that it was based on from the eighties. It must be the eighties.
0: Yeah. It is eighties. Yeah. It's a super yeah.
1: GL. Original. And y- you can see how they have paid homage to it, but it just, it, it's the design is so simple, even it just though it looks mad, like it's,
0: It just looks like it's done by Tamiya. Yeah, it is. It is a real
1: that, life-size Tamiya that's car. That's it exactly, and it's brilliant. Thank you for bringing that. Thank you for going up and down, and I am going to continue to watch videos of that going up and down. <laughs> oh, I haven't
0: actually seen it going up and down.
1: To be oh, be- it's amazing. Do, yeah, go through on the Goodwood Road and Racing. Mm. Check through there because they've got videos, uh, particularly the top ten. It's in the top ten as well. Okay, But talking of videos...
0: <laughs> I was going to say, the reason I haven't is because I've been watching the McMurtry Spurling many times over, because it doesn't take very long. <laughs> it's like a shrunken Batmobile. If you've missed this somehow, then it's an electric fan car. So it basically sucks itself down onto the road. Developed by uh, this Irish company, McMurtry. And it's... um. The It is so fast. The video looks like it's... You know in the early Bond movies for the chases, mm. they undercranked the cameras, so they ran them a little bit slow, so that whenever you played it back at proper speed, it just looked sped up. But the dynamics were all wrong, because it was going too fast. And it was just not behaving the way you'd expect. Well, that's what this looks like, and it hasn't been under-cranked.
1: No. Well, we know the PR lady to do with this we do uh, and she messaged in chatting with her she mentioned that about this and i hadn't seen anything about the McMurty so i was like oh okay well i'll, I'll pay attention to that <laughs> briefly it turns out is how much how long <laughs> i'll be able to pay attention <laughs> to that and i was watching it and i didn't know anything about it i didn't know there was the fan thing at the back so i was going oh what's coming out the back is there something wrong what's what and then i f- i you know learnt. oh there's a fan in the thing to give it the 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 downforce and the extra yeah. boost. And uh, I was just like, that's insane. And then I watched on the Saturday with the the British Hill Climb chap, whose name I am so sorry I've forgotten. You you remembered it earlier, and I can't remember it. Uh, it uh, I've, I've forgotten it, and I do apologise. But when you watched the in-camera, his eyes are huge. And my eldest was with me at the time, and he looks at me when, we, when it gets to the end, and he was 90, uh, 30... No, it was 40 point something something. It was hmm. almost a 39. It
0: was the second quickest. Yeah, it was, at it was ridiculous
1: speed. And my eldest turned to me and he <laughs> went, you know what, I probably wouldn't blink either. <laughs> I thought, no, no, I probably wouldn't have breathed during those 40 seconds. And the seconds. thing is, you
0: could almost hold your breath that long.
1: Yeah. Almost. I know people have waxed lyrical about this. There has been so much about It is... Utterly astonishing.
0: 39.081 seconds. And the video is sitting here playing. This is about the sixth
1: time it's played in the time that we've been speaking about it. And I bet Max Chilton, who did that actual run, it got to the end of that and went, oh, you know what? If I'd just done this on this corner and that on that corner, yeah. I'd probably get it to 38. <laughs> but know. but that is that is it's just amazing. Uh, and I, I saw... I think it was Top Gear had an article saying, is the hill climb pointless now? And he said, well, no, because it demonstrates what technology is able to do now. (laughs) Because if someone can pilot that, at that speed, in that short amount of time, and not look like they're about to crash or are clinging on for dear life... At any point, by the way. I think it shows how much the technology has moved on, because... Stuff from thirty years ago in a normally aspirated, you know, or a, whatever, an ice engine cannot compete with that. No, but neither is it expected to really. No, they it? never will. And just enjoy the noise and the drama of the stuff that isn't this. Although, to be fair, I thought this sounded immense. It's yeah. a different and, sound, and I've but seen it other sounded people comment immense. Comment on that, uh, uh, and you could hear the crowd. You could hear the crowd gasp just how astonishingly fast this was fast
0: and just, just different in every single way. It's quite, quite impressive.
1: Yeah. Really quite. I personally enjoyed watching Goodwood from afar. Unfortunately, I wasn't there. Maybe next year I can get down there, but it, it was a brilliant event. And then congratulations to Goodwood for the coverage. Thank you to all the commentators and everybody who was down there explaining the vehicles and the cars, and particularly the different type of stuff, because there was the drift stuff that I've got no clue about. But they had people there who could explain it and help me understand. And so if it's helping me, it's helping plenty of others who are watching uh, understand exactly what was going on. And I I thought the level of coverage was just spot on. It wasn't patronising, but it wasn't over people's heads either. I think that was excellent. It's a tricky thing to pull off. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, and finally, this week is is a little smaller, smaller even than the McMurtry Spurling, and that is, uh, and that is the announcement of the 2022 Hot Wheels Legends Tour competition. Uh, last year, it was won by the British entry, with the Volvo P1800 Gasser, it was turned into a, a Hot Wheels model and, and sold. Awesome. Does say new for 2023 on the packaging uh, in, in the photo there. Let's see. So if you own a unique or an interesting car, you can put forward your life-size vehicle for the 2022 Legends Tour. Uh, you can sign up, upload a short video to the Hot Wheels website, along with a bit of an explanation. Uh, and you need to have done that by the 31st of August this year. Ten contenders will be selected. Uh, they'll go for a live studio audience uh, in October, and there'll be a new... Judging panel as well, including Helen Stanley, Johnny Smith, and Ian Callum, CBE, once again. So they're looking for a car Excellent. that embodies Hot Wheels performance, authenticity, and garage
1: spirit. Awesome, mm-hmm. love it, love it, and I love the people that got involved. Obviously, yes. um, is he not Sir Ian Callum yet? <laughs> uh, no, he's not. No, 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 no that's that not that not should not happen yet. soon. Just as my recommendation. But it's great true. because we know he likes to. Uh, Enhance an older body on a vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded so wrong. <laughs> anyway, so that's great. Do get your car in because you know we're Britain's leading now when it comes to Hot Wheels because there's only been one year and we've won it, so we have to win again. Come on, <laughs> yeah, come on! Don't let the sign down, folks. No, don't. Right, I think that's it for this week. But there are parish—just one parish note. And that is a reminder, Alan uh, will not be with us on the show for at least next week uh, because he is leaving our fair shores and we wish him all the very best. Uh, And I hope the move goes as smoothly as can possibly go, (laughs) Helen. I really do. You
0: should should see this place. Oh, (laughs) gosh. Uh, Um, And we'll see you in a week or two, maybe three at the outside. (laughs) Yes, I will. I will. I will let people know that I'm alive. I'm sure. No, no. Yes. Three rings. It it just uh, depends on like just
1: getting settled in, to be honest.
0: Also next week's 4th of July.
1: Yes. So uh, I've already been invited to one party. So. Don't forget, you have to go with the British flag saying the British are coming, the British are coming. No, no they do I have really hacked. do not have a sense of humor about that yeah, sort of thing, yeah, unfortunately. Well. <laughs> well, to be honest, it's a Frenchman who's invited me to his Independence Day party. <laughs> okay. So you probably would have a sense of humor about that particular one. <laughs> <laughs> so i hope it all goes smoothly for you uh next week uh there is a guest presenter joining me so you will not just have to listen to me witter on moan complain It's <laughs> a lucky break for all of us or shout at the microphone whatever it is uh no there is there is another voice that you have heard before so uh be thankful for that uh and um yes that rounds us out this week i think alan
0: it does it does uh, it does folks and, and and i might actually have somewhere to live because in the course of this recording uh, i have actually received uh, an, a number of useful emails including things like account numbers for account numbers for for for, for utility companies and all sorts of things i need to move in, in into where i'm hoping to move into next week not that any of you care about that but i really care about it and have been really worried about it Uh, Anyway, between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Remember, you can support us financially via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: The best way to get in touch with me is via the contact page of the <laughs> website because I am not on Twitter at the moment for my sanity and everyone else's. So, but Alan, if people would like to stay in touch with you and, you know, just check you've made it safely and you've got your clean underwear on and all the rest of it because you're going on public transport, what's the best way for them to do that personally? <laughs> This way is via
0: Twitter, where I am at A-J-P Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back, or Andrew certainly will be back very soon. But until I'm back again, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues, And safe motoring.